This episode of Getting the Word with Truth's Table is brought to you by IVP. In our frenzied culture, rest often feels elusive, especially for leaders who carry the weight of nonstop responsibility. If your soul longs for replenishment, stay tuned to learn more about Ruth Haley Barton's book, Embracing Rhythms of Work and Rest, and by Truth's Table. If you've been blessed by these daily audio Bible podcast readings, please consider supporting Truth's Table on Patreon at patreon.com slash truthstable. This is IVP. Listening to Get in the Word with Truth's Table. Presented by Innervar City Press. The Daily Audio Bible Podcast, read by Dr. Christina Edmondson and Akemeni Uwan. Let's get in the Word, and may the Word get in us. Open our eyes, that we may behold wonderful things in your Word. Old Testament reading, 2 Samuel chapter 20 through 2 Samuel chapter 21. 2 Samuel chapter 20, beginning at verse 1. Sheba's Rebellion Now a wicked man named Sheba, son of Bigri, a Benjaminite, happened to be there, he blew the trumpet and said, We have no share in David. We have no inheritance in this son of Jesse. Every man go home, O Israel. So all the men of Israel deserted David and followed Sheba, son of Bichri. But the men of Judah stuck by their king all the way from the Jordan River to Jerusalem. Then David went to his palace in Jerusalem. The king took the ten concubines he had left to care for the palace and placed them under confinement. Though he provided for their needs, he did not sleep with them. They remained under restriction until the day they died, living out the rest of their lives as widows. Then the king said to Amasa, Call the men of Judah together for me in three days, and you be present here with them too. So Amasa went to call Judah together. But in doing so, he took longer than the time that the king had allotted him. Then David said to Abishai, Nasheba, son of Bichri, will cause greater disaster for us than Absalom did. Take your Lord's servants and pursue him. Otherwise, he will secure fortified cities for himself and get away from us. So Joab's men, accompanied by the Kerathites, the Pelathites, and all the warriors, left Jerusalem to pursue Sheba, son of Bichri. When they were near the big rock that is in Gibeon, Amasa came to them. Now Joab was dressed in military attire and had a dagger in his sheath, belted to his waist. When he advanced, it fell out. Joab said to Amasa, How are you, my brother? With his right hand, Joab took hold of Amasa's beard as if to greet him with a kiss. Amasa did not protect himself from the knife in Joab's other hand, and Joab stabbed him in the abdomen, causing Amasa's intestines to spill out on the ground. There was no need to stab him again. The first blow was fatal. 
Then Joab and his brother Abishai pursued Sheba, son of Bichri. One of Joab's soldiers, who stood over Amasa, said, Whoever is for Joab and whoever is for David, follow Joab. Amasa was squirming in his own blood in the middle of the path, and this man had noticed that all the soldiers stopped. Having noticed that everyone who came across Amasa stopped, the man pulled him away from the path and into the field and threw a garment over him. Once he had removed Amasa from the path, everyone followed Joab to pursue Sheba, son of Bichri. Sheba traveled through all the tribes of Israel to Abel of Beth, Makkah, and all the Berite region. When they had assembled, they too joined him. So Joab's men came and laid siege against him in Abel of Beth, Makkah. They prepared a siege ramp outside the city that stood against its outer rampart. As all of Joab's soldiers were trying to break through the wall so that it would collapse, a wise woman called out from the city, Listen up, listen up, tell Joab, come near so that I may speak to you. When he approached her, the woman asked, Are you Joab? He replied, I am. She said to him, Listen to the words of your servant. He said, Go ahead, I'm listening. She said, In the past, they would always say, Let them inquire in Abel. And that is how they settled things. I represent the peaceful and the faithful in Israel. You are attempting to destroy an important city in Israel. Why should you swallow up the Lord's inheritance? Joab answered, Not at all. I don't intend to swallow up or destroy anything. That's not the way things are. There is a man from the hill country of Ephraim named Sheba, son of Bichri. He has rebelled against King David. Give me just this one man, and I will leave the city. The woman said to Joab, This very minute his head will be thrown over the wall to you. Then the woman went to all the people with her wise advice, and they cut off Sheba's head and threw it out to Joab. Joab blew the trumpet, and his men dispersed from the city, each going to his own home. Joab returned to the king in Jerusalem. Now Joab was a general in command of all the army of Israel. Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, was over the Karathites and the Parathites. Adoniram was supervisor of the work crews. Jehoshaphat, son of Ahilud, was the secretary. Shiva was a scribe, and Zadok and Abiathar were the priests. Ira, the Jairite, was David's personal priest. Second Samuel chapter 21, beginning at verse 1. The Gibeonites demand revenge. During David's reign, there was a famine for three consecutive years. So David inquired of the Lord. The Lord said, It is because of Saul and his bloodstained family, because he murdered the Gibeonites. So the king summoned the Gibeonites and spoke with them. Now the Gibeonites were not descendants of Israel. They were a remnant of the Amorites. The Israelites had made a promise to them, but Saul tried to kill them because of his zeal for the people of Israel and Judah. David said to the Gibeonites, What can I do for you, and how can I make amends so that you will bless the Lord's inheritance? The Gibeonites said to him, We have no claim to silver or gold from Saul or from his family, nor would we be justified in putting to death anyone in Israel. David asked, What then are you asking me to do for you? They replied to the king, As for this man who exterminated us and who schemed against us so that we were destroyed and left without status throughout all the borders of Israel, let seven of his male descendants be turned over to us, and we will execute them before the Lord in Gibeah of Saul, who was the Lord's chosen one. The king replied, I will turn them over. The king had mercy on Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, in light of the Lord's oath that had been taken between David and Jonathan, son of Saul. So the king took Armoni and Mephibosheth, the two sons of Ai's daughter, Rizpah, 
whom she had borne to Saul, and the five sons of Saul's daughter Merab, whom she had borne to Adriel, the son of Barzillai, the Meholathite. He turned them over to the Gibeonites, and they executed them on a hill before the Lord. The seven of them died together. They were put to death during harvest time, during the first days of the beginning of the barley harvest. Rizpah, the daughter of Ai, took sackcloth and spread it out for herself on a rock from the beginning of the harvest until the rain fell on them. She did not allow the birds of the air to feed on them by day, nor the wild animals by night. When David was told what Rizpah, daughter of Ai, Saul's concubine, had done, he went and took the bones of Saul and of his son Jonathan from the leaders of Jabesh Gilead. They had secretly taken them from the plaza at Beth Shan. It was there that Philistines publicly exposed their corpses after they had killed Saul at Gilboa. David brought the bones of Saul and of Jonathan, his son, from there. They also gathered up the bones of those who had been executed. They buried the bones of Saul and his son Jonathan in the land of Benjamin at Zilah, in the grave of his father Kish. After they had done everything that the king had commanded, God responded to their prayers for the land. Israel engages in various battles with the Philistines. Another battle was fought between the Philistines and Israel, so David went down with his soldiers and fought the Philistines. David became exhausted. Now Ishbi Benob, one of the descendants of Rapha, had a spear that weighed 300 bronze shekels, and he was armed with a new weapon. He had said that he would kill David, but Abishai, the son of Zeruiah, came to David's aid, striking the Philistine down and killing him. Then David's men took an oath, saying, You will not go out to battle with us again. You must not extinguish the lamp of Israel. Later there was another battle with the Philistines, this time in Gob. On that occasion, Sibakai, the Hushethite, killed Saf, who was one of the descendants of Rapha. Yet another battle occurred with the Philistines in Gob. On that occasion, Elchanan, the son of Jair, the Bethlehemite, killed the brother of Goliath, the Gittite, the shaft of whose spear was like a weaver's beam. Yet another battle occurred in Gath. On that occasion, there was a large man who had six fingers on each hand and six toes on each foot, twenty-four in all. He, too, was the descendant of Rapha. When he taunted Israel, Jonathan, the son of David's brother, Shimea, killed him. These four were the descendants of Rapha who lived in Gath. They were killed by David and his soldiers. First Chronicles chapter 20, verses 4 through 8. Battles with the Philistines. Later, there was a battle with the Philistines in Gezer. At that time, Sibekai, the Hushathite, killed Sipai, one of the descendants of the Rephaim, and the Philistines were subdued. There was another battle with the Philistines, in which Elchanan, son of Jair, the Bethlehemite, killed the brother of Goliath, the Gittite, whose spear had a shaft as big as a crossbeam of a weaver's loom. In a battle in Gath, there was a large man who had six fingers on each hand and six toes on each foot, twenty-four in all. He, too, was a descendant of Rapha. When he taunted Israel, Jonathan, son of Shemaiah, David's brother, killed him. These were the descendants of Rapha who lived in Gath. They were killed by the hand of David and his soldiers. New Testament reading. Matthew chapter 21, verses 1 through 11. The Triumphal Entry. Now when they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage, at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples telling them, Go to the village ahead of you. Right away you will find a donkey tied there and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you are to say, The Lord needs them, 
and he will send them at once. This took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet to the people of Zion. Look, your king is coming to you, unassuming, and seated on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them, and he sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road. Others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those following kept shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. As he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was thrown into an uproar, saying, Who is this? And the crowds were saying, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. Mark chapter 11, verses 1 through 11, the triumphal entry. Now as they approached Jerusalem near Bethpage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go to the village ahead of you. As soon as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone says to you, Why are you doing this? Say, The Lord needs it and will send it back here soon. So they went and found a colt tied at a door outside in the street and untied it. Some people standing there said to them, What are you doing, untying that colt? They replied as Jesus had told them, and the bystanders let them go. Then they brought the colt to Jesus, threw their cloaks on it, and he sat on it. Many spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread branches they had cut in the fields. Both those who went ahead and those who followed kept shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord! Blessed is the kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. Then Jesus entered Jerusalem, went to the temple, and after looking around at everything, he went out to Bethany with the twelve, since it was already late. This is the word of God for the people of God. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Let us go boldly to God's throne of grace. God, I thank you for your word. Thank you, O oh God, for just these the passages, O oh God, particularly here in the New Testament about Jesus' triumphal entry, O oh God. I pray that you would give us wisdom and discernment, O oh God, to be able to recognize your acts, O oh Lord God, and what you're doing even now, O oh Lord God. And help us to recognize, O oh God, when you're on the move, O oh God, and that, and that the things that you're doing by the power of your Holy Spirit, O oh Lord God, and the ways that you are still at work, O oh Lord. And would you help us, O oh God, to be able to, to have wisdom, O oh God, like the sons of Ishakar, O oh God, to be able to discern the times and know what to do, O oh Lord God. And help us, O oh God, to never fail to recognize, O oh God, when your spirit is on the move and what you're doing, O oh Lord God. I think during um, those times, O oh God, when, when Jesus was there, I, I pray that we would be like those people that would be able to recognize Jesus, when Jesus is standing there right before us, oh God, may, may we never, ever misidentify our Savior, oh God. Would you help us to be able to see Jesus clearly, oh God, not only in your word, oh Lord God, but through our deeds, oh Lord God, and ultimately, of course, through the gospel, oh Lord, would you help us to always have eyes, oh God, to see your kingdom, O oh Lord God, evidence of your kingdom at work, O oh Lord God, though it is not fully manifested here on this side, God, I pray that you would help us, O oh Lord God, to not only have eyes to see your kingdom, O oh Lord God, at work, but that we, O oh God, would be the kingdom ambassadors, O oh God, that you've called us to be, O oh Lord, that you, O oh God, would help us to do 
the things, O Lord God, of the kingdom, O Lord God, to manifest, O Lord God, the things that you've called us to do, O God, to to make the, the, the fruits of the Spirit, O God, that they will be evident in our lives, O Lord God, and that um, the way that we treat one another, the way that we love one another, the way that we care for one another, the way that we support and uphold, O Lord God, and even rebuke and correct um, one another, O God, will be a reflection of your kingdom, O God, as we await Jesus's triumphal return, O God. We cannot wait, O Lord God, and we, we pray that you would hasten the day, O God, but as we wait, O oh God, I pray that you, O oh Lord God, will continue to draw, draw many, millions, O oh God, unto yourself, O oh God. I pray all of this in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus. Amen. The journey to a meaningful Sabbath practice is slow and gradual, and it is a journey we need to take in community. In her book, Embracing Rhythms of Work and Rest, Ruth Haley Barton offers wisdom regarding the rhythms of Sabbath, exploring both weekly Sabbath keeping as well as extended periods of sabbatical time. Sabbath is more than a practice. It is a way of life ordered around God's invitation to regular rhythms of work, rest, and replenishment that will sustain us for the long haul of life and leadership. Get your copy of this book today at ivpress.com. As a listener of this podcast, you can get 30% off plus free U.S. shipping when you use the promo code, the word, that's promo code T-H-E-W-O-R-D at ivpress.com. We pray this time of getting the word with Truth Table has encouraged us all to not only be hearers of God's word, but doers. Share your reflections on these scriptures with us on Twitter and Instagram using the hashtag GetInTheWord and hashtag TruthsTable. Saints, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Go with God. Get in the Word with Truth's Table is a production of InterVarsity Press. For 75 years, IVP has created and published resources that deepen lives for Christ to engage the university, church, and the world. Visit ivpress.com for more information. Our Bible reading plan is from biblestudytogether.com, and the Bible version is the new English translation used by permission. Sound engineering is from Pottery Studios, and our executive producer is Helen Lee.